Jason McLean is an interesting Canadian painter that you should know. He shows his paintings around the world, and he has a wonderful series of different projects that he's working on. He has Felix and Henry's Canadian Pez Museum, which is a, a collection of signed Pez candy dispensers signed by people like Jerry Seinfeld and Yoko Ono. And he has a audio project, which is kind of Dadaist in nature, called Cough Park Compact Discs, Cough Park Recordings, where they have a phone-in number and collect audio for uh, compiling and releasing uh, on Bandcamp, compiled by John Colhane. So I talked to Jason about his painting practice, some of the places that he's lived for the White Hot Magazine Art World podcast. I'm your host, Noah Becker. Visit us on the web at whitehotmagazine.com. Enjoy the conversation. Is this Jason? It could be. Okay. Could you double check so that we're sure that it's Jason before we... Well, I could ask myself... No, I won't pinch myself, but I could right. ask if I had a cup of sugar. Right. No, I'm joking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is Jason. McLean. McLean, yeah. Shaken, not stirred. <laughs> Jason Mark McLean with a K. Right. Yeah. Right. So anyway. um, you're in um, London, Ontario at the moment, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah. We, we've been back here for almost seven months, I guess, from New York, so... Okay, and you were living in New York for a period of time. Yeah, almost uh, almost seven years. Briefly in Los Angeles right. in Echo Park, and then we went and and uh, we spent the winter in L.A. And then we 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 moved over to New York with the, right. the kids and my wife Heather. So, and your interest in moving around is basically to try and be in a different place to be part of the art world, kind of. Thing? or you have reasons to be in these different places well I, i'd always wanted to live in new york um yeah we've lived in i guess five cities in the last about nine or ten years so it wasn't totally intentional i get a bit jumpy so but mm -hmm. um, my wife's more practical than me so if if i had my way i'd probably move every six months <laughs> To a different place. To a different place, yeah. Not like exotic. Mm -hmm. Like, Is know. this related to your career as an artist or does this have something to do with um, other things? Uh, sometimes it's to do with, um, I guess we've, we've owned houses in a few cities and we've sold and we've downscaled and made life easier in some ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and and um, it varies, I guess. Um, hmm. Uh, sometimes we'll see migration patterns of different artists where they go to different centers. And mm -hmm. uh, with, with the opportunity of, of going to New York, because we were living in London, Ontario before, we, we made the move from Toronto, Ontario to London, Ontario. And mm -hmm. then it, it basically enabled us to save up enough money to live in New York if we keep our house in London, Ontario. So, so in your house in London, Ontario, you have a what you call the 
is it called Felix and Henry's Canadian Pez Museum? Yeah, yeah, as 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 seen in the children's section of the New York Times. Right. right. Now, other than your you show in a number of different galleries with your yeah. paintings, but you also have other side projects. The Pez Museum is one side project, and then also Cough Park. Yeah, Cough Park Compact Discs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. and sometimes so, the, the, the 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 projects overlap a little bit in some ways, and then they mm -hmm. tie into my art practice so or... you you find that they tie into your art practice then yeah they do well i, f I find a way to to do that because sometimes maybe they're not less serious but there's sometimes they involve the family a lot of the time with my son henry and, and felix and and um 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 and, and and often a community of people it's just but it's kind of about building community in some ways so um and sometimes it's hobbies or side projects or sometimes, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Pez Museum started around, I guess, technically around 2012. So. And, and for people who have no idea what we're talking about, what is the Pez Museum? Uh, well, I guess it's a, it's a family micro museum uh, that we show sometimes at, I guess, in nomadic places it's like as pop-ups in early years but we've tr I've tr I've tried showing it's pez dispensers the Austri austrian pez dispenser and it's a collection we have and then it involves ephemera and um and signatures so the, the pez the pez is a it's a candy dispenser yeah it's it's, it's it was actually initially an anti-smoking device um so it has a it has like maybe a character of like donald duck yeah, which then, was was added by the Americans, you know, because it's initially an Austrian company, and um, um, but we have a, a collection in our basement. There was an unused room in our basement, and basically we transformed it into um, uh, a museum in our house. And we have sometimes people research us and knock on our door and give donations and drop off stuff. And there's an art wall called the Pez Art Wall or PA. And people submit artwork through sometimes postal art to the wall in our place. Uh, and my parents do Pez art. Uh, they have a, a French Canadian art dealer now. Uh, my dad mm. and mom, but they do. They were doing a lot of Pez art for a while. And uh, so it's 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 branched off into different sections. There's a, mm -hmm. a Serena McCarroll's doing a film on our family, like a documentary about your. Pez Museum. Yeah, in our family. And um, it's basically been filmed over seven years, so the kids have right. almost doubled in age. So kind of almost like that movie, I believe, Seven Up or Boyhood, you right. know, where it's done over a time period, but it, it wasn't right. intentionally done that way, I don't think. So. There was an, uh, an article in the Sunday New York Times about your son's Pez collection and the Pez Museum. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, they uh, interviewed Henry. We were doing a show, Fibberty Gibbet, um, at uh, Vanderplas Gallery in New York on Orchard in Lower East Side. And um, we, um, we had a, I had my collection binders, I had a Pez collection, and then also the Cough Park Compact Disc Project. Uh, mm -hmm. We did uh, audio, and it was, it was kind of an installation. I don't know what it was mm -hmm. really. But um, yeah, the New York Times came down and did a photo shoot with right. Henry and quite a thorough interview. It was mm -hmm. it was quite a long process, but it was a big article. It was almost a full page. We just got right. it the other day. So, but you, um, 
you had the you were getting we won't go on about Pez for too much longer, but you were getting them signed by celebrities. Yeah, yeah. Everyone from like Helmut Lang to like Tom Petty to like uh Regis Regis, uh Yoko Ono, uh my parents. That was an awkward mm. one to ask for. You signed And one. why did you wanna yeah, I signed one. And, and why did you want to get signatures on Pez? Like, why not just get an autograph book or something? Uh, in, in some ways, it reminded me almost of an, like an, an, like an addition. Not like Duchamp, but I wasn't exactly sure what I was doing. I liked the idea. It was like almost like a keepsake or a memory. And it was, it was definitely awkward. And, and, and to try to like, when I tried to like get to say Alex Katz to sign one in L.A., he couldn't hear me correctly. He didn't know what I was doing. I was holding this truck, Pez, which didn't even look like a Pez, like towards him. And he didn't know what I wanted. Like it was, I don't right. know. It's a little, it's a little absurd or, or maybe. But you did get fluxus. the Alex Katz. You got Alex Katz. Yeah, yeah. I, it's almost like Fluxus. But I guess so, in, in some ways I didn't totally understand what I was doing, but I knew so I liked it. So does it make it more valuable? I'm just kind of like, I'm trying to get at something, which is why I'm sort of somewhat interrupting you in the middle That's of what okay, you're saying. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, what is your impetus? Like how you sit there and you think about, hmm, I want to get Pez signed by celebrities, but does it make it more valuable or is the celebrity signature valuable on its own or, or yeah, is that not well, even part of the equation? Well, in some ways, I think sometimes, no, like, you'll have like the only one, like the only signed object by that person in the world. And like, no one was really doing mm. what I was doing and other people started doing it for me too. And, um, I don't know. It just, um, it kind of steamrolled. I mean, I, in a lot of ways, I like the research and the cataloging almost as much as the signature. And like tagging them and bagging them and then and then and like archiving them. So the whole process of it was mm -hmm. I really enjoyed, especially the research on the people and what they look like. And then and then asking like a Nardwar, the human serviette, if you know him, mm -hmm. like the listeners, mm -hmm. like actually asking interactions with the people and that mm -hmm. I would research and then actually giving them catalogs of mine. And, and 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 zines and um, also um, cough park discs and then they would actually actually a lot of time ask me for my signature so it was an exchange like George Kondo would ask me for my signature mm -hmm. to sign a book um, that I gave mm -hmm. him one of my my um, UK catalogs so it was an exchange mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and then sometimes a friendship would develop you know um, mm -hmm. it was um, uh, it was a very interesting, um, it's been an interesting project to an, an addiction in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and then switching gears from the Pez thing, then you're, you're actually making paintings and, and drawings all the time. Yeah. And showing, showing with multiple galleries around the world with your, your visual art practice with your paintings. Y yeah. Well, it's an interesting balance because it's almost like there's your serious work and then the work you have fun with. Not like I don't like doing large scale drawings, which is kind of in some ways, like if I died tomorrow, that's what I'd be known for. Kind of, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, I've, show, I've, I've showed with a, a, a lot of people, like, and like, and a lot of a lot of places over the years, kind of around the world. But I mean, there's been highs and lows, but generally things have mm-hmm. been pretty steady. You know. What are some highlights? Um, I showed at the La Massa Foundation in in Venice. Um, the same place that Basquiat showed, and there was a Richard Hamilton show—not Hamilton, but Hamilton—and um, mm-hmm. and and um, I showed at the Olympics in Vancouver. Um, I got into the MoMA New York collection through Brian Ballad through a, a collage book project he did, and he never told me that my work was included in there. There was about seven of us. And I actually went to the museum when I was visiting from Canada and I didn't go to that room that was included. And so I never saw my work and I found out about it online a couple of years later. I mean, hmm. sometimes I think a, a show where my parents first came to my show, like my dad, where I'd probably done maybe 400 shows before he had came to my show. It just, just kind of happened that way. And I was living out on the West coast for a long time. I mean, there's certain moments where the polar bear pit in Vancouver, when I did an installation in a polar bear pit grotto uh, with uh, three other people, Shane Eamon, Holly Ward and, and Scott Evans, that was a real, real highlight. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I've tried a lot of things over the years, you know, um, mm-hmm. the, the billboard for the Olympics was a memorial to my friend James, um, who, who, um, who passed away in some ways. And that was really, it, it stayed up for three years. And that was a pretty heavy experience, you know, to think about James Blake who passed away. So, mm-hmm. um, um, it wasn't, I mean, it varies, you know, sometimes yeah. when things really click, you know, um, so my wife's just coming home from grocery shopping. I just might have to get the door for a second. Oh, but, um, That's fine. um, okay. I got a letter in, so. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Sometimes we have these moments of realism where a dog is barking or a door is opening. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then people are reminded that we're all human and we're all in this together. You know. Yeah, it's it's true. You know, like um... especially nowadays, it's like humanity is. I mean, people have been kind of just reduced to personalities because there's so little going on in the exterior world yeah you you almost all have to artificially keep yourself um uh um stimulated or something to to even though it's something trivial to to keep the momentum going in some ways you know like right like the, some of the, the side products i've been involved with i i like doing them but it's almost to, to forget about time passing or mortality or something you know i don't know um right well the art the art versus death conversation is something that you can have many different yeah um you know the the permanence of art or like who really cares if your art is around after you're dead if you're not here to enjoy it yeah it's true well you know when you have kids um uh to pass on the stories and um and um and pass on just things you've collected. Uh, I mean, there's, there's something to that to be said, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Well, I'm not the first artist in my family. My great grandfather, Hyman Newman was a painter. You told me that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've only seen one of his pieces, which was a sculpture of a pigeon. But uh, a sculpture of a, yeah, a art... pigeon. Yeah, it was a uh, life-size sculpture of a <laughs> pigeon, but it was made in a what? made in a very kind wow. of cartoon realism sort of. Oh, way. I don't think I ever knew that story. So. Yeah, I had. I mean, I don't have any of his art, but yeah. In any case. Um, I often would want to, there was a, a John Colhane from Cough Park um, um, would, told me about this um, this um, pet store in Cobble Hill or Carroll Garden Cobble Hill that has pigeon coops in the back of it. And, you know. Speaking of John Colhane and Cough Park, let's explain a little bit about what Cough Park is. Well, Co- Can you tell Cough people Park what that is? Cough Park is um, an audio project, a submission project where you call in uh you can call and leave up to a three minute message at any any hour of the day any time any any moment and Do you have the phone number yeah handy? it's three four seven six oh one four two six six so three four seven six oh one four two six six and and just call that you number. call that number and you can leave pretty much anything you want or you can even hang up, but you can tell a joke or a dream or a ghost story or a song. Or my dad did a hockey play-by-play uh, commentating. Um, I asked him to do that, actually. But um, uh, but it basically it goes and it gets put on. Um, we do a series of discs, uh, limited edition 50 handmade package discs. Sometimes my son Henry helps me out or my friend Michael Sinkins or various people have helped out over the years. And um, we, John uh, Glass Capsule, he compiles all the submissions which go into a computer on his, on, on his, on his computer and on to when you call the number. And um uh it, it's all one long track and it gets put out on a cd and um it's it's a bit complex to explain but and then um it comes out twice a year and then mm-hmm. we give all the contributors discs and um and then we we also hand them out to well-known figures or give them to random people or leave them places um um sorry i was just distracted for a second but um um but um uh i don't know it's um it's it's evolved we're on our ninth disc um and um it's taken off internationally we've been wheat pasting in different cities and then we use the postal mail a lot to send flyers around mm-hmm. so it's been promoted to everything from like china to greece to amsterdam um, a lot of strangers have called in. I mean, um, people just like off the street who we don't know, and we still don't know who the the call was. It's in this kind of in the spirit of John Journal's dial a poem, and we got actually John before he passed mm-hmm. away up in Harlem one of the discs. I would have been curious what he would have thought about it, but I guess John Journal. It's hard to access a lot of those albums that he put out, and I don't have any. But he would do a call in project and like. I think Frank Zappa called in one time and William Burroughs and Patti Smith, and they would call and leave poems over the telephone. So basically this is in, kind of in, in, in the spirit of it where it started off with 
maybe being inspired a little bit of by John Journal, maybe? I don't know. But um yeah, it's kind of a growing it's, it's like that, a community it's like a it's like a community of people. And you know, sometimes certain discs one person will call in and then two discs later they'll call in again. And um Right. And then people connect on different projects through it. And we sometimes sell a few of them at Printed Matter in New York. And they've drifted around to different places and and then we'll forget about things and it'll rehash. It comes out every six months. So the other day I was doing a blitz of sending the message out and I must have contacted over 300 people personally because I like personal interaction. And it's actually very physical in a lot of ways. And we chose the CD in some ways because we try not to spend any money on the project. John does an incredible job mm -hmm. mixing it all. I don't know how he does it, you know, but... And then I do more promotion in some ways. Right. And then where can we hear the finished product of all of these phone-ins? Well, on Cough Park, you can listen on Bandcamp if you, you type in Cough Park. The Cough, C-O-U-G-H-P-A-R-K. And then it's also, there's a mm -hmm. YouTube channel if you search Cough Park. Um, okay. And then there's also uh, Glass Capsule has a website. But... Um, it's actually named after a park that's across the street from my place in New York. Um, I see. Which is an interesting cross-section. It's a triangle. And um, mm -hmm. it's on the cusp of an area where everything from, you see Ethan Hawke jogging by one day by the methadone clinic. And um, it's pretty wild. You know, there's the projects near there where we go play basketball. It's an interesting cross section of an area. And that's what it's named after. It was actually cough triangle park. Mm -hmm. And initially we, so, we wanted uh, you to play saxophone. Everybody wants me to play to, saxophone. To challenge the traffic on right. the EQE. And I think that was eventually, that eventually. was initially the idea of yeah. the recording of it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I will play saxophone there. Um, and so your paintings, where can we see your uh, paintings? My paintings, um, you can see them at um, Wild and Crayon Gallery in L.A. Um, you can see them at Michael Gibson Gallery in London, Ontario, Canada. Uh, um, Monica Ray's Gallery in Vancouver. Uh, and also Vanderplas Gallery in New York in the Lower East Side. But um, you can also see um, album art of mine uh, on jazz records, J-A-Z out of Vancouver, which I just did some animation for them for Cyrillic Typewriter. Mm -hmm. um, shows I've been doing, I have some work up at Vanderplas right now in a graffiti-based show in the downstairs with mm -hmm. Al Diaz um, uh, and a number of other, um, Alejandro Cassandra. Um, but um, yeah, uh, uh, I, I I have a show right now uh, of, of my wife and I's collection, too. So that's another branch out. It's not my own work, but it's work we've collected at Michael Gibson Gallery. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, mean, I have got a bunch of stuff lined up. I'm, I've been focusing a bit on the animation that I've been doing recently um, for Cyrillic Typewriter. I've been thinking about that. So also doing a show in Southern Ontario in October with Ross Bell at the Stratford Art Gallery, which is a small space, a small city, you know, but mm -hmm. 
we're going to combine the Cough Park project and some listening station stuff and a lot of sculptural okay. work. So that's a museum. Yeah, it's a museum in Southern that's a museum Ontario. Show, yeah. Right? Okay. Well, it's an honor to talk to you and hear your story and uh, hear about where we can see your work. And um, I'll talk to you. Yeah, the well, next I, week I really or so, enjoy uh, what you're and... doing, though, and I, I really look forward to oh, listening thanks. to every podcast. It's as I Great. as I mentioned to you the other day, it's it's like a routine <laughs> where I just it's like it's right. part of my day. You know, I really enjoy it. Well, now you're yeah, now you're I, part I of your own of, day. I, I'm, I'm there you honored. Go. Yeah. You're in. You're I'm inside, inside an experience of your. You're inside your yeah, own mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. we'll talk All to right, you soon. Bye. If you like White Hot Magazine, go to www.whitehotmagazine.com. I guess I could have just said whitehotmagazine.com. We're also on Instagram. I'm sure you're on Instagram. I have a Clubhouse account that I use from time to time to try and coerce NFT cryptocurrency art world people to buy my art on the blockchain. That kind of stuff. Have a lovely afternoon. This is Noah Becker, your host.